Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church. So good to see you, and you found us. We are here, and for as long as we are welcome, our plan is to stay here at the middle school. It is so nice. I don't know if you've seen all the kids' space that they have to run and to play, and my kids love it, and there's so, so much room. It is such a blessing, and we're so grateful uh, to be back here at the middle school. So I, I love the opportunity to bless them in any and every every way that we can. We're real excited to get to do that. So this, this is where we will be. We'll continue to be here. If you're watching online, we're glad that you are, you're with us as well. And our plan, like we launched the church, and the church is actually just three years old. On the 16th, we turned three. And we've been here for three years. Yeah, come on. We can celebrate. It's fun. And the plan is, is to, to, to be here until need arises so much and the finances are there as well, that we need a building. Uh, one thing that's been super great that happened from this last year and switching around it was a, a really great relationship with Alice and the leadership of Alice, which is where the, the men's group is going to be and the women's group is, and that's where the Ignite team meets every week. And just the ability to use that building is great. And, and it is a huge blessing to us. And I love their attitude of they were just like, oh, yes, the building's here to build the kingdom. Use it. And we're like, come on, sounds good. So our plan, if you're wondering, like, how long are they wanting to be here? We're going to be here until a building would be a blessing to us and we can financially just go ahead and do it. Um, but until then, we're, we're, we love it. We've got great space. We've got room to do things. And so let's do it. Let's dive in. And we're in a series in Galatians. And really, we're just going through verse by verse, just looking at what it has to say. And although this was written thousands of years ago, it is so pertinent for today. And you're going to hear me say through this, and you probably have if you've been here already, is you're going to hear me say Paul, because Paul is the one that wrote Galatians, other things too. But he wrote Galatians, but as we say that, yes, he wrote Galatians, is he wrote that under the influence and guidance of the Holy Spirit. So God is the author of the Bible, but man wrote it down as the Holy Spirit led them to do that. So you'll hear me say Paul, and, and his name comes out, and some other names, and it's, it's what the Holy Spirit inspired him to write to the Galatians and to you and I right now. So we're going to pick up in Galatians chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn there. If you don't normally bring them, this is a great time to bring them if it's on your phone, wherever it is. I'm going to read, uh, be reading from the NIV, but whatever translation you have would be just fine. But we're going to jump in. Galatians chapter 2, verse 2. And he says this, I went in response to a revelation set before them, to set before them the gospel that I preach among the Gentiles, but I did it privately to those who seemed to be leaders, for I feared that I was running my race in vain. We finished that off last week. Yet, not even Titus, who was with me, was compelled to be circumcised, even though he was Greek. Okay, so we're just going to dive right into it this morning with that one. Like, yay, circumcision. <laughs> oh, okay, so, so what is that? Maybe you know, maybe you do not, but here's what he's talking about. When he talks about, and, and as we keep on reading, we're going to hear a little bit more. I'll be like, well, there's this, the circumcision group. And I'll be like, okay, well, why are we talking about this so much? Because God came and made a covenant with a man named Abraham. 
And we find this in Genesis 17, that God comes down, is speaking to him, and he says, I'm going to make a covenant with you. You do your part, I'll do my part. He says, it'll be great blessing for those who follow through, follow the law that's going to come out of this. And if they don't, there'll be a curse on them. Abraham's like, I'll do it. I want the blessing. God says, good. A sign of this covenant that you and I are making will be circumcision. That will be the sign. If you don't know what that is, ask your parents. There. But that will be the sign. That's what it's going to be. God gave that to him. Okay. So now when we're reading in Galatians, when he says this, he's talking about He wasn't compelled to be circumcised even though he was a Greek. This was something that was given to them. And what what had happened is somebody shows up and is like, oh, you're a Christian, you're going to follow Christ? Guess what? (laughs) Surprise, surprise, you have to do, you have to follow these old Levitical laws. And that's the circumcision group. Like, 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 hey, wait, there's more. Like you get saved, like, hey, this is awesome. Jesus died for me. And then all of a sudden you come to church the next day and somebody gets up and is like, all right, so glad you made Jesus your Lord and Savior. Guys, step out back. That'd be a little weird. You'd be like, wait a second. I didn't know this was a part of it. Hold on a minute. Did I know what I was signing up for? Well, this is what was going on in the church. This is exactly, that's what it was. Somebody came in, and Paul is writing this, and he's like, no, 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 that's not what this is supposed to be. Hold on a minute, and he's going he's gonna to kind of set some things straight. But it's not just, see, circumcision was a sign of the covenant. And so that's what we're talking about, is this covenant. And God made this covenant, and he's like, okay, if you do this, I'll do this. That's what it was. God said, if you do your part, I'll do mine. Now, you're going to follow these rules. This is what you're going to do. So verse 4, this is what's going on, verse 4. This matter arose because some false brothers had infiltrated our ranks to spy on the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus and to make us slaves. Verse 5, we did not give them, did not give in to them for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might win out. He's like, it's false brothers. Why are they false brothers? When he says brothers, he's not talking about blood like these are my actual brothers, but they're not really my brothers or step, step brothers and they think that they are. No, 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 none of that. He's talking about being a part of the body of Christ, that God is our Father, and that we're brothers and sisters in Christ. And he says, they're not brothers and sisters in Christ. He says, because what they wanted to do was tell them, the way that you have a relationship with God, a right standing relationship with God, is you have to follow all of these rules. That's what you need to do. You've got to sign up. You've got, you got to do all these. That is what you need to do. You need to be circumcised. You're going to observe... You're going to observe special holidays and special feasts, and you're going to observe Sabbath, and there's going to be certain animals that you can eat and certain animals that you can't, because this is what you have to do. Years ago, we were um, talking, talking with a rabbi, and, and Becca was talking to him, and, and through our conversation, we learned that he hadn't been, he was a Jewish rabbi, but he hadn't been a devout Jew um, for very long. And so she said, have you had bacon before? (laughs) And he's like, oh, I've had bacon. (laughs) He's like, bacon is really, really good. And uh, just a side note, yesterday we went to, we were at this little party and they had an apple dipping station, like where they had like caramel and stuff to put apples 
on, on apples. And so they've got, uh, what else did they have for it? They had miniature little chocolate chips and sprinkles and all crushed up Oreos and bacon. Just right in there, just like, yeah, have the bacon to put on there. And it made, made me think of this because she asked, she goes, okay, you've had bacon. You know how good it is. He's like, oh, yes, bacon. I love bacon. And so she goes, have you ever just been like, oh, just this once. I'm just going to sneak some bacon. She's like, you ever just sneak some bacon? And he looks at her and he goes, you ever just, do you ever just sneak an affair? And it was like, oh, that's, but this is what it is, and this is what it was. That's exactly what it was. And you and I, when I say, would you ever just sneak in a fair, you're like, no. But like bacon, you're like, there's always, every diet has a cheat day, like, come on, like, what is this? But this is what it was in the Old Testament. It was, you had better do this, and if you don't, you're under God's curse, but here's, here's the problem with it, is it didn't work. It did not work. If it did, Jesus wouldn't have needed to come. He would not have needed to come and to die. And so Paul's like, look, these, these brothers that are telling that you have to live this way, that's not how you have a right relationship with God. That is not how it works. Do not do that. It's only through Jesus that we're made right. That's what we need to do. We're made right through our relationship with him. It's what he's done. Jesus did it all. Not Jesus plus anything. Jesus died on the cross and rose again. You will be saved. If you do that and then follow all the Old Testament laws. No, that's not in there. That's not it. That's not it. But they're coming and they're telling them, oh, by the way, that's so great you want to be a part of this, but now you have to do this. And Paul is straightening this out and he's like, no, this is not it. This is not it. But the interesting thing is he says, some false brothers who were in our ranks. It was false brothers who were in our ranks. It wasn't just somebody in the back of service just afterwards being like, oh yeah, by the way. And no matter who it is, we need to know that we follow God, not people. And I have people that I love to listen to, and it's like, hey, this is great, but I'm not just going to swallow everything that they say because they say it. I read books that the authors, I don't, I don't agree with them on everything. I don't. I don't agree with them on everything, but they're not right on everything either. They're not wrong on everything, and they're not right on everything, and I doubt I'm going to get everything absolutely right either. So I hope that you're doing what Paul commended these guys for doing which he literally, he says this about the Thessalonians in Acts. He says, they were more noble, for they received the message with great eagerness, but then they examined the scriptures daily to see if what I was saying was true. And that's what we do. We examine the scriptures. We hear something, it, it prods our heart, it speaks to us, and we're like, okay. We said, does it line up with the word of God? Because here's the deal, biblical advice is good advice, and good advice will be biblical advice. It, it's going to line up. We don't follow, pe we don't follow people. In, in Matthew 16, Jesus asks, asks Peter a question. He says, who do people say that I am? Who do people say that I am? 
And finally, Peter says, you know, some people say this, some people they say that, and then finally says, Jesus says, no, but who do you say I am? And Peter says, you are the Christ. You are the Messiah, the Son of God. So he says that. That's in Matthew 16, 15. And then in Matthew 16, 23, six verses later, after Jesus just told his disciples, hey, I'm going to the cross. This is what's going to happen. Peter says this to him. Peter looked at him, rebuked him, and said, never, Lord, this shouldn't happen to you. That's verse 22. And then verse 23, Jesus turns to him and says, get behind me, Satan. You are a stumbling block to me. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. So in verse 17, Jesus says, who, are, who do you say that I am? He answers, verse 17, Jesus said this to him, blessed are you, Simon of Jonah. This was not revealed to you by flesh, but by my Father in heaven. Six verses later, he says to the exact same person, get behind me, Satan. Peter got it right, and then Peter got it wrong. And people are going to get it right, and then they're going to get it wrong. And you have the Holy Spirit, and you have God's Word. And that's why we go to it. And we say, okay, God's, God, what does your Word have to say about this? What is this? Biblical advice is good advice, and good advice will be biblical advice. Verse 6, as we keep going, says this. As those who seemed to be important, he'd gone to them, they were... Mistakes, no difference. Ah, I got to try this again. As for those who seem to be important, whatever they were makes no difference to me. God does not judge by external appearances. Those men added nothing to my message. Verse 7. On the contrary, they saw that what that I had been entrusted with the task of preaching the gospel to the Gentiles, just as Peter had been to the Jews. For God, who was at work in the ministry of Peter as an apostle to the Jews, was also at work in my ministry as an apostle to the Gentiles. And we talked about this before. Who are the Gentiles? What is this talking about? Gentiles is anybody who is a non-Jew. If you weren't a Jew, then you were considered a Gentile. That's who this is. And and Paul's saying, this was my ministry. My ministry was to non-Jews, to Gentiles. Verse 9, James, Peter, John, and those reputed to be pillars gave me and Barnabas the right hand of fellowship when they recognized the grace God had given me. They agreed that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the Jews. Verse 10, all that they asked is that we should continue to remember the poor, the very thing I was eager to do. Now, that last verse there always, and maybe this is just me, but this one always hits me because he says this. He says, they told me to remember the poor. And here's what I think is really easy for me is I can forget. I can forget the poor. I can just forget because my life, I, I have my house, and, and maybe that's you. What do we do? We go to work, we drive our car, we get there, we get out, we go home, our draw, draws door goes up, we drive in, we close it, we walk in our house, we're there, and we can forget the poor. I, don't, I do not live a life where I walk by them often. I, I, I just don't. And we can forget. But he says, this is the thing that they said that I needed to make sure that I don't do. The very thing I was eager to do, which was to remember the poor. Proverbs 19, verse 17 says this, says, whoever is kind to the poor lends to the Lord, and he will reward him for what he has done. Matthew 10, 42, and if you give even a cup of cold water to one of these little followers, you will surely 
be rewarded. You get the idea as you read scripture that God's got his eyes. He has them on all of us, but he's very aware of the poor. He says, even the little things that you do, he's very aware of the poor. And it's something that when I read that, it, it reminds me, I cannot forget because I can. Because of how I live, where I live, it's, it's easy for me. It's not every day that, oh, here they are and here's somebody who's in need. And that's why I love Love organizations like Streetlight Downtown and the things that we get to do with them and the opportunities that we have to do with them and the Dream Center and those that are working with it and why we support it. And there's more opportunities. If you're like, hey, I, I can do that. I can find myself just forgetting the poor. There's opportunities where you say, okay, I need to do some things so that I don't forget the poor. And Isaiah 58, the Bible is describing a fast. And part of fasting, even, is when we fast, to remember the poor. It's it's to share share with the poor. It's supposed to be something that's on our hearts. It's on God's heart. And maybe it's just me, but I read that, I'm like, I cannot forget. And it ties right in to what we read earlier, which is make generous plans. Be generous. There's organizations that you can say, I'm not going to forget the poor. And you can say, I'm going to partner with you and I'm going to make this a regular thing and I'm going to do some things. But don't let it become something that you check off a list and it's then done. We, We need to remember. It needs to be there. It needs to be on our hearts, be in our prayers. I love it. Verse 11, when Peter came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he was clearly in the wrong. Before certain, man, certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to withdraw back and separated himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. Okay, so what do we got going on here? We're back to the circumcision thing, but we know what it is, that this is the group. This is the, we have to obey the law in order to have a relationship with God. That right standing is found in that, not in what Jesus did. This is the circumcision group. That's what this group is. Again, the circumcision was a sign of that covenant, and this is what he's talking about. And he says, I opposed Peter to his face because he was clearly in the wrong. He goes right to him. Here's what he didn't do. He didn't say, Peter was wrong, so I took a poll, and sure enough, everybody else agrees that he was wrong, so then what I did is then I went and talked to him. He didn't say, hey, I went on Facebook and asked everybody what they thought. He didn't say, well, I went around to all of his friends and I kind of asked what was going on. Here's what he did. He goes, I went to him and I opposed him to his face. That's how conflict is meant to be done. You disagree with somebody, you oppose them to their face, not behind their back, not with all of their friends, not going around to everybody else who knows them, but you go and you deal with it face to face. And that's what Paul does. And it's, this, is, this is Peter that he goes and does this with. This isn't just like, oh, this is somebody. No, this is Peter who'd been with Jesus. Paul was not. Paul had not been with Jesus. Peter had. But Paul's like, look, this is wrong. 
Before this group came, you were just fine. You're like, hey, non-Jews, Gentiles, this is great. Welcome into what, what Jesus did is for everybody, absolutely. But then this other group came and you're like, ooh, I don't know anymore. And you kind of kind of just pulled yourself out of this. He's like, no, this isn't right. And he goes and he talks to him face to face. And let me just say, it doesn't matter if it's a, a relationship, a marriage, a team, your employees, whatever it is, there has to be conflict resolution. There needs to be it, and it needs to be face-to-face. Lack of conflict is not a sign of health. Healthy conflict is a sign of health. Sweeping things under the rug and be like, well, I'll just ignore this, and then we'll just ignore this, and then we'll just ignore that. Things you bury, they don't turn into love ferns. They, they, they're landmines. That's what they become. You're like, well, we won't talk about this. And then we just don't. And then, yeah, you don't talk about it now. It doesn't get better. So my kids, um, they like to play outside and rarely do they wear shoes. They're just always running around and they run around. Now, they get slivers. But Molly did not like me taking slivers out. She would get slivers and then not tell me. And then she'd come and finally, she's like, Dad. And this is when she was littler. She's gotten better now. But she would come, she's like, Dad. And I'm like, yeah, she's like, I got a sliver. I'm like, that's okay, come here. And then one of the other brothers is like, she's had it for a week, but she wouldn't tell you. <laughs> and I'm like, are you serious? And she's like, look. And it's between her toes. And you're like, that's, you look you're like, that's been there a while. It's green, it's not good. You're like, what in the world? She's like, I don't want you to take it out. Look, if I had taken it out, it, this wouldn't have happened. And now I still have to, but now it's all super tender and nasty around it, and we're going to have to chop off your foot. No. <laughs> but we leave it in there, and we know it doesn't get better. It doesn't get better by leaving it in there. It has to come out. But she would scream. I was afraid many times, mostly back, I was like, our neighbors are going to call the cops on us. Because she'd have the tiniest little sliver and be like, okay, I'm going to come at you with the tweezers. And she would just be like, ah! She'd scream bloody murder. And I'm like, I just, I haven't touched you yet. I've done nothing. And she's just, ah! And Becca would have to hold her down. And I'm like, I just, it's a tiny sliver. If you just hold still, I can get it out. Issues in our relationships are the same. When we leave them, they do not get better. So how do we deal with them? We deal with them face to face. I like what the Bible says, so don't let the sun go down on your anger. If there's something that comes up, deal with it. Yesterday, we were, we were out and headed, headed to, to uh, an event to go hang out with some friends, and Beck and I were talking and asking questions, and I was, I was goofing off, um, which I never do, but I was, I was goofing off, and she didn't find it funny. And, I, and I, I pushed it farther because that's just what I do. And she still didn't find it. It didn't turn out well. Okay, I was just going to say that. So, so but we were, we were just right there and it wasn't a, a great time to talk. So we went and hung out with friends and everything was great. And then later on, I had to go to her and be like, hey, um, I'm sorry. Thought I was funny, but, and I wasn't. I had to apologize. And, and, then, and then we took care of it. And afterwards, I was like, this is great. 
I was like, I feel great. I'm like, I feel so much better. It was just a few hours of not dealing with something, of not dealing with something that the way that I had talked to her, the way that what she said made me feel a lot of it until we dealt with it. And then I was like, ah, this is so much better. This is how it's supposed to be. And this is how we're supposed to deal with things. It doesn't matter what it is, any relationship you have, you're going to have conflict. And let me just say, healthy relationships don't sweep things under the rug. They don't just leave it until it gets all nasty and puzzy, like fine, you're like, okay, deal with it. No, they deal with it right then. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. And they deal with it face to face. We don't go, we don't talk about people, we talk to people. And we say, okay, this is the deal. We talk, hey, the way you said that, did you mean it this way? Did, did you? Because if you did, I, I don't know. And maybe, maybe this is just me, but my inner voice, it, it, it can make decisions for you. The things that you say, I'll be like, what did they say? And just automatically something goes, well, I bet they meant this. And I'm like, that's not what they said, but this, this inner little talking thing will assign meaning that you never meant, but you said it, and I just have to tell the thing to shut up. And I don't say that. I don't say shut up. That's not a word that we say in our house. But to that I do. It's like, this is over. No, we're not doing that. You've got to shut it down and then just deal with it. Just deal with it. And we do that face to face. And that's exactly, exactly what Paul did. Because when we find ourselves just talking, when we find ourselves just talking about people instead of two people, it's gossip. Let me just say, gossip doesn't have to just be things that aren't true, things that we heard. It's things that are true, but the people that we're telling it to have nothing to do with the resolution. They're not a part of the problem, and they're not a part of the resolution. Well, they're praying for me, glory be to God. No, they're not a part of the resolution. You haven't even gone and talked to the other person. Proverbs 16:28. And talking about gossip says this, a perverse person stirs up conflict and a gossip separates close friends. Proverbs 26, 20, without wood, a fire goes out. Without gossip, a quarrel dies down. We don't gossip. We go to people face to face. Proverbs 20, 19, a gossip betrays a confidence, so avoid a person who talks too much. Now it's not just talking about being the gossip and talking. Now it says avoid the person that's doing the talking. Just, just avoid it and be like, we're not doing this. I got a call one time. This guy's like, hey, so-and-so is, is talking about you and they're saying this and da-da-da-da. I'm like, why are you telling me? They're like, I just thought you should know. And I'm like, what? They're like, yeah, you just needed to know about that. And I'm like, hold on a second. And we, they had just come out with that uh, like three-way calling thing. And I was like, hold on. And I put them on hold. And then I called the other person that they were like, they're saying this stuff about you. And then I got, and I went, boop, boop. And, and I said, hello. And all, the other two were like, hi. And she's like, hello. And he heard her voice and she heard his voice. And, and, and his line went in. I'm like, hey, I just wanted to talk to you guys because he says you're saying this about me. And he called me to tell me. And I just felt, I'm like, this is, I feel like a high school girl right now. Like, okay, so he said this, and you said this, and she said this about them, and this is this, and I'm like, and I'm in the middle, and I don't even think I need to be, so I'm just going to let you guys talk it out. And I just put the phone down. They worked it out. They didn't need me. 
he, her, and her, him, and he never did that to me again. He never called me again with so-and-so said something about you. Because I'd heard years ago, if you let people, they will dump on you. If you, if you let them, they'll dump on you. But what do people dump? They dump their trash. Don't let people dump their trash on you. And I was like, I, I, I don't need to be a part of this. Just take care of it. Your relationships are so important. We talk about small groups so much because we know they're so important. It's so important. But one thing that we just have to remember is we don't gossip. We go to people. Paul says, I oppose him to his face. It was obvious. I went and talked to him. If there's things that you need to deal with, maybe you've been talking to other people, you've been taking polls, you've been posting. Well, they don't really know exactly who. Oh, they know who. But you're like, well, I kind of talk about them, but I don't really mention their name. And you've kind of been doing some of this stuff. It's time to stop. Because the Bible says it. We don't gossip. Maybe, maybe for you, you're, you're just a dumping ground for some people. Well, they just need someone to listen. No, they need to go address the situation face-to-face. Can't get face-to-face, get on the phone or FaceTime to FaceTime, whatever it needs to be, and address the situation so that healing can come. It was a couple hours between Becca and I. And when it was done, I was like, I feel so much better. I didn't realize that I didn't feel great, but now that it's over, I feel so much better that it's taken care of. And I don't doubt that there's some people in here that are going to feel so much better when you take care of it. When you say, okay, God, I'm going to do this your way. I'm going to address some issues that need to be addressed. I'm going to do my part, not holding that everybody else does it right or that they... That they apologize or they acknowledge or whatever. I'm going to do my part. I'm going to address the situation. I'm not going to live with a bunch of landmines. not going to bury some things. not going to let it fester. And it can be awkward and uncomfortable, especially if you're in a relationship and it's just something that you, this is what you do is you just sweep it under. You just get used to sweeping it under. And you're like, yeah, we kind of walk over top of the piles, but we're used to it. And there's landmines here, but I just, I don't want to deal with them. It is so much better, one at a time. Don't try to dig up every landmine at once, but one at a time, but can we just address this? Can we address this? I'm asking you to. Be like, Pastor Samuel asked this too, so here's what we're going to do. And here's why I'm asking you, because the Bible says don't let the sun go down on your anger. Because the way that we deal with things is face to face. Because healthy relationships have healthy conflict. It's not that they don't have any. They have healthy conflict. Because here's what I know. For you to be and do all that God's called you to, you need other people. You need people that are coming around you that, are can, that can tell you when you're doing things wrong. People that can hold you up and build you up and help and fill in the gaps and the things that you don't understand and, and help you to do what God has called you to do. That's what we want more than anything for you. It's our mission here at LifeWest is that you, you need Jesus number one. But after that, you need to know why you're here. We want to help you to know and for you to be and do all that God has created you to be and do. All that he has for you. And you're going to need other people. 
So we're going to need to know how to deal with people, how to talk to them face to face. Maybe you owe some apologies, then say you're sorry. Maybe you've been the one that they bring it up and you're like, nope, I just don't want to deal with it. I'm just not going to deal with it. It's time to deal with it. Deal with it and bring some restoration into these relationships. And here's what's going to happen is you're going to deal with it and a load is going to be off that you didn't even know was there. And you're going to be like, oh, let's hit that next one. They might take a little bit to get there. If you haven't done it in a while, set the time aside to deal with it. Meet the friend. Say, hey, let me take you to coffee. And then just say, hey, this, this is something that I feel like is between us. Do you feel that it's there? This is what it is. And, and unpack it and deal with it face to face. Because we talk to people, not about them. God has a plan and a purpose for your life. And you'll never achieve it alone. What God has in plan for, in store for you is more than you'll ever do alone. Let me just say, the body of Christ needs you. We need who you were created to be. For such a time as this, right now, you were put on here. God looked, saw what mess the world would be in and said, I need, I know exactly what I need to help fix it, to bring healing to this community, to this home, to this workplace, to, to be, to fund these things and to do all this. God's like, I know exactly what I need. And he created every single one of you in here, every single one of you that's listening. He's got a plan and a purpose for you. Are you walking it out? So the assignment is this, if you've got some things face-to-face that you haven't dealt with in marriages, relationships, businesses, teams, deal with it. Say, okay, how do we do it? We do it face-to-face. Don't let the sun go down on our anger. We allow God into those relationships. Would you bow your heads? Would you close your eyes before we leave this morning? Here's what I want to do. I want to make sure that you, every person that can hear my voice right now, I want to make sure that you know where you stand with God. You may be here this morning and say, I don't know where I stand with him. Maybe you've been one of those people like, well, I've, I've done so much good or I've done so much bad or do you know what my background is? You don't know what I've come out of or what happened yesterday or last night. You don't know. I don't, but God does and Jesus did. Jesus died on the cross and he paid it all. There's not an amount of good that'll ever make up for the bad that you've done and there's not so much bad you've done that God didn't take care of it with what he did through Jesus. If you're here and you want a relationship with God, he made a way for it because he wants it with you so much. So if you're here and you say, today I want to give my life to him, or to maybe today you say, I'm coming back. i got to give it back. I've, been, I've turned my back on him, and today I'm, I'm just coming back with all that I am. If you're either of those, I'd love the honor of praying with you right in your seat. And when we say amen, you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt where you stand with God and begin to walk out that relationship with him. If that's you, one, two, three, lift your hand up. You're saying to God, and we say, God, today's my day. I'm giving you my heart. I'm giving you my all. Hands down, let's just pray. Those online, you just pray this as well. We're going to all pray this out loud with those that lifted your hands. And those of you that did, as you say this prayer, take these words, make them your own, and speak them from your heart. Let's pray. Say, Jesus, forgive me and make me new. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. From now on, I'm yours. Come rule and reign in my life. Forgive me 
and make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. Our mission here at Life West Church is to see you and your family equipped and empowered to be and do all that God has for you. For additional resources and info, go to lifewest.church.